Welcome to Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. I'm a lifelong horse person and professional equine nutritionist with the goal of helping horses and their humans create balanced diets to set them up for success, no matter what age, discipline, or circumstance. Disclaimer, the information discussed here is based on current scientific research and is for educational purposes only. Every horse's individual needs vary. This is not a substitute for veterinary medicine or nutrition consultation. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Farm to Stable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert, and I am so excited because I just returned from the Kentucky Equine Research Equine Health and Nutrition Symposium in Ocala, Florida. So, of course, uh, in the wintertime, it's always nice to go where there's a, a little bit of sunshine, But there were so many fantastic topics highlighted, and uh, I'll probably get into many of them here on the podcast, but the first one I wanted to get into was a discussion by my friend and colleague, Dr. Katie Young. Uh, Katie does work for Kentucky Equine Research, but she also has a history with a number of other feed companies, and she has many years experience as an equine nutritionist. So one of the things that Katie talked about were some trends and things that sound really fancy and promising as far as testing horses for certain things, but turn out not to have a lot of scientific validity. And the first thing she mentioned was hair mineral analysis. And it turns out, she did an experiment. She took a hair sample from one horse, labeled it two different ways, and sent it off to the lab and got wildly different results. It turns out that the methods that some of these hair testing labs are using are not scientifically validated, and they don't even give a reference range. So by that, if you've ever seen the results of a blood test, whether it's yours or maybe your horse's or your dog or something, usually it'll say, for example, WBC or white blood cells, and it'll give you a number of what your test results were, and then it gives you a range of what's typically normal. So apparently these... uh, hair analysis labs are not really doing that. So definitely not a reliable source of information as to what's going on with your horse. Uh, One of the other things she talked about uh, is a topic, it's a hot button issue, and this is near and dear to my heart. And uh, as a nutritionist, it definitely is something that I encounter frequently. And it has to do with allergies in horses. Now, I want to make a distinction here because allergies in horses are typically environmentally related. And many horses do have sensitivities to things like insects or contact dermatitis, like itchy skin or hives. Uh, And sometimes they have something inherited, but food allergies are extremely rare in horses. We've actually known this for quite a while, and it was nice to hear it reiterated. Uh, But I'm going to talk more about that. If you're trying to diagnose an allergy in your horse, the current gold standard is the intradermal skin test. So if you yourself experience allergies, you've probably experienced this test at an allergist. Essentially, they'll make a grid on your skin, and you'll get injected with allergens. And then the doctor will see what you react to. 
and then your personalized allergy shots will be developed to help you combat those allergies. And it's the, pretty much the same in the horse. And again, a veterinarian will do this test. A veterinarian will do the interdermal skin test and give you the diagnosis and interpret the results. Now it is a little harder to do in the field. It does require multiple needle sticks and sometimes uh, the purity of available antigens can be a challenge and it is not diagnostic of all allergies, but it is definitely a useful tool. And I will tell you from experience, and again, this is a long time ago, uh, I had a mare who was seemingly having a lot of respiratory issues and other things. And it, I did end up having her allergy tested and once we got her allergy shots under control, you know, all set up and, you know, we got that under control, it changed her life. It really did. So I personally do think there's a lot of value to doing that intradermal skin test if you're having some problems. However, I frequently encounter people who come to me and say, my horse is allergic to, and there's a laundry list of things, everything from bugs to grasses to grains to soy to flax, et cetera, et cetera. And I always ask, this is a blood test? And they say, yes. I said, okay. And then I need to explain that these food or serum tests for food allergies are completely unreliable. Now, the thought behind them is that uh, when you test an allergic patient, you're going to get an amount of an antibody called IgE. So allergic patients have high IgE. IgE is an antibody. However, in horses, when you're looking at serum, it just doesn't work. You get a lot of cross-reactivity, um, antigens or allergen-specific serum tests for, again, blood tests need more research. Now, there are some specific allergens that are correlated uh, or rather specific insect allergens, I should say, that are correlated with an intradermal test and serum. So for that, uh, maybe, but you probably don't need all of that blood work to know if your horse is allergic to insects because they're going to be very itchy and they're probably going to show you. But again, I'm not a veterinarian, so I want to make sure that you're talking to your vet about these things. But according to a study published by Marcella et al. and others in 2022, positive serum results in normal horses are inconsistent and they do not correlate well with a clinical challenge. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. So the intradermal test is much more accurate. I, that is according to a couple of studies uh, by Lorch and colleagues in the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association in 2001, Morgan and colleagues 2007 in the Veterinary uh, Immunology and Immunopathology Journal. And in fact, there is a clinical consensus guidelines of the World Association for Veterinary Dermatology that says the serological test cannot be recommended for food allergy diagnosis in horses. So let me say that again. The Clinical Consensus Guidelines of the World Association for Veterinary Dermatology conclude that the serological test or blood test cannot be recommended for food allergy diagnosis in horses. The lead author, last name Marcella, and that was published in 2022. So what do you do? Now, I've, food allergies, again, are rarely documented in horses, 
it's if your horse is having an allergic reaction, more often than not, it's coming from something else. But because we're talking about nutrition here, I'm going to tell you how to figure it out. The only way to, to date, the best way that we have to determine if a horse really has a food allergy is to do an elimination diet. So this does still have some limitations. And initially, when you do it, you may see some resolution of symptoms, but those symptoms may or may not come back when you reintroduce things into the horse's diet. And that's been documented in a couple of publications as well, including that Marsala and colleagues population in 2022 that I just mentioned. So what do you do? Well, working with a nutritionist and your veterinarian, ideally, you start by removing all the concentrate, all the supplements, basically everything from the diet except forage for about four weeks. And that is advised by a publication in the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association by White and colleagues in 2023. So once you get through that initial stage, each week you can add one dietary item back at a time for a few days. And the only way to determine if diet is the cause of the allergic reaction is to do this. And yes, it can be time consuming. Yes, it can be a little cumbersome, but you can narrow down if your horse is allergic to a given feed stuff. Now, if you're feeding a commercial feed, granted, there are a number of ingredients in that commercial feed. So it might be hard to tease out exactly which one your horse would be sensitive to. But again, if you eliminate that diet, feed the forage for the first couple of weeks, and then start to add it back, you can at least recognize if a given foodstuff is causing your horse some discomfort. So you're just adding back one thing at a time every few days and monitoring your horse. Are you seeing a reaction? Is something changing? Do they look good? Are they handling it? Uh, So because this is sort of a very big change, it is extremely important to involve your veterinarian and a nutritionist so that they can help help you work through this elimination diet challenge. So I urge you again to talk to your veterinarian about allergies if that is something you are concerned with. But please be advised, again, that um, the serum analyses for food allergies are unreliable and the uh, World Association for Veterinary Dermatology does not recommend them for food allergy diagnosis in horses. And again, some of the big... uh, The big culprits that get pointed to are soy, flax, corn, oats, all of it. So everything a horse eats. And people get very, understandably, when they see these results, very nervous and very upset. They don't want to feed their horse something that is going to make them upset or, you know, give them diarrhea or cause some other problems. And that's certainly understandable. But again, those serum analyses are unreliable. And that has been published again multiple times in the scientific literature. So take a deep breath and work with a nutritionist and you can get through it. You can get through it. I promise. So that's kind of one of the highlights that I really wanted to talk about. And selfishly, because it is a question that I get asked all the time, and it is sometimes 
difficult for people to accept that what they see on those allergy results may not be reliable. And again, I understand that. But uh, again, working through a elimination diet, if that is something that is of real concern, I recently had a client that wants to do that, and I'm helping her through that, and we're going to see if it makes a difference for her horse or not. But again, because you're going back to only forage, you still need to make sure that your horse has enough calories and enough, uh, enough intake that they're not going to drop a significant amount of weight in that time, in that initial four-week washout period while you're trying to uh, work through that elimination diet. So again, another reason why it's important to work with a nutritionist and a vet to help monitor your horse. So once again, just want to remind you, this is not veterinary advice. I am not a veterinarian, and you need to speak with your veterinarian about these things if you have questions. And you also need to involve a nutritionist for helping you with the diet portion. So I hope that is clear to you. If you have suggestions, comments, if you have a topic suggestion, again, that you'd like to hear about on the podcast, shoot an email over to equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com. I'd certainly love to hear from you. And I hope that this has cleared up some information about food allergies in horses. We look forward to having you on the next episode of Farm to Stable podcast. Thanks and happy riding. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. Please share and subscribe if you found the content interesting. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send it to equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com.